Hello, 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 my dear listener, I'm back at it, doing one more of those lively discussions about uh, albums that I care deeply about, right? So I'm here again. Let's get on with it, I think. That's uh, no personal, no valid personal updates at this time. It is just what it is. I'm going to repeat myself over and over and over. I'm enjoying speaking about the most recent records that I did spoke about. I did speak about, yeah. Mm, all right, true nine six. The number of records. Let's just generate one, one six four. Which one will it be? One six four, one six four. Toshiyamore again. Look at this coincidence. Look at this nice thread that we are uh, covering now. So nicely and neat. I'm speaking about the second album, about, no, the third album. Third or fourth? Third. Because the, 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 there is a lyric that mentions uh, something, something, uh, album three in this particular record. So that's the third album. The first one, I never listened to it. Never got much interest, interested in it. Uh, Parting the way between brightness and, parting the sea between brightness and the uh, of course, already spoke about it. Really short, really dense ball of energy, uh, of hardcore energy. Uh, really consistent and, and interesting lyrics. And, and uh, as far as I can tell, you can actually discern what the guy is talking about. You know, it's not just screamo and guttural for the sake of being screamo and uh, screamed and guttural. So, and his lyricism shines through. So, what, what we have here in uh, Is Survived By is pretty much the same thing. I mean, they are a very consistent uh, hardcore, post-hardcore band. I'm, I'm assuming it should be called hardcore, right? Um, I don't see why they, they, wouldn't be, they would be called post-hardcore. But anyway maybe because they are a little bit further on the hardcore timeline, you know, maybe that's the, they, they can be called like a renaissance band of 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 that particular genre because hardcore really had their heyday, um, its heyday between 87 and 90 something, 91. Maybe you can say that uh, Spiderland, from a band called Slint is the last kind of it's already post hardcore up until that point because uh, things the, the timeline of things is you have the punk movement and with the punk movement you have like all of those different branches of metal and hardcore being developed uh, in various places all over especially America and Britain of course although Many other countries had their scenes and all that um, of those particular genres. And 
by the 90s because things were traveling so fast by the 90s you already have kind of a maturation of of things and 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 genres uh, become well solidified enough so they can become post whatever they they started being as cuz post just means oh it's it's more of a of a mixture of uh, of genres and maybe they 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 refuse some 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 traits maybe they refuse some tropes from from the tradition the the the, the short lived tradition that it's there already uh, uh for the most part those genres they are derivative from punk they always have post post metal with something that it's coming more towards the 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 early 2000s and 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 2010s uh, the 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 notion of post metal cuz metal you do your metal you're not right so post metal maybe can become some other other thing i don't know exactly let's see post metal best of post metal what well, we probably have here yeah it's more of a instrumental um, more to the sludgy side of things. I'm seeing Russia Circles, I'm seeing uh, Isis, Pelican. So post-metal is basically a mixture between post-rock and metal. So you, you always have those more long-winded ideas about certain genres. They often become post. They have the post label attached to them. Uh, but either way, it's it's really not it's important, it's interesting to discuss. I particularly like the, the, the discussion about labels and all that, because that it's useful, I think, to name things and, and, and do things that way. But at the end of the day, either record's good or it's not. You know, you can categorize some some what and somehow. But at the end of the day, you have here uh, Touche Amore. It can be described as a very pragmatic and by the books uh, this particular album is not that meat and potato like you know they, they they do go into some more melodic ideas um, very very f- brief and short-lived like themes that, that maybe can run out uh, across the record like introductions and all that they don't have a ballad of, of, of any sort I don't think I think that's more to the the latest side of their career i think that they 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 change a little bit with those uh with those things with those um, uh, uh, more to the slow side of things right so for the most part they have a very uh heavy hitting approach here so talking of course about the themes that uh, emo, screamo, hardcore band usually talk about uh, being down, you know, being depressed, being uh, not being content what, with your with your output in life, you know, that's b- basic stuff that you can find. Um, it's 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 a it's characteristic of men sharing their feelings <laughs> kind of i don't know exactly how to describe that uh f- I, I i 
that type of content, that type of lyrical context, con content, sometimes doesn't appeal to me very much because it can, uh, it can tilt towards self pity, and and that's something that I'm trying to avoid being very indulgent, um, indulged. So, yeah, I don't know. It's just, but I, it, I'm drawn to it. But I, I think that is done in a, in a way that if you have the 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 the, the, the lyrical content, and you if you have the 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 sincerity, of course, and the honesty, and the 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 technical poetry side of things well figured out, I think it's fine. Um, whatever reasoning that you put in your your writing, speaking as someone that writes, uh, I mean, whatever, but I do. So it, it doesn't matter if you're speaking about mustard, you know, if there is something there in terms of how you relate to the to the contents of the of the metaphors and the contents of the writing, you can you can pretty much come up with any overarching theme about uh your stuff and and still get away with it in terms of oh okay it has quality to it so what we have here in terms of writing in this particular album it's a very personal very diary like uh thing i think that the the main composer of the ben here i don't know his name but the, the guy that sings and i'm i'm assuming writes the lyrics as well he always comes across as someone very confessional and i think that for the most part, emo bands, uh, Clayton Stevens, I'm assuming is his name, because it's the first one in the credits, but anyway. Uh, so it comes across as very confessional, and it comes across as very meta, metalinguistic as well, because he speaks about his the, the expectation of the fans or the expectations of, uh, of being somewhat of a big band, a big band in the scene, like Astoshi Amore, it's probably one of the best hardcore uh, acts that, that came up early 2000s and 2010s. I, I believe that they would be in a list of all oh, those are those are the very interesting bands that you know that come that came about. So, and there is some type of expectation, some type of pressure to do that. Pressure to be fresh. I remember that being really a, ma a major takeaway, especially from this record, which is more from that perspective, right? Um, how to... Because there is the, the, the curse of the second album, and of course that's not because of the second album. Uh, it's usually the first album is the most unique and the most... Uh, you can say... You can say, oh, but it's just it's just the first album. It's, it's very immature. But you have a whole previous life of whoever was doing that record, you know, to come up with that record. So you have way more weight into stuff. And the second album usually follows a, a, a increase of expectation as well. Because I, I, re I remember uh, the vaccines, the band the vaccines. The first album was... Like, oh, God, 2011, we have a band who's a mixture of uh, Vampire Weekend and The Strokes and, and very energetic, Weezer even, you know, like those uh, kind of pop-punky, but also very indie and cool. 
and wow what a what a what an interesting uh take on things here like a renaissance of that type of 10 years after the strokes came up with uh is this it and all that and uh like the other records just nobody cares you know because you kind of have an expectation and and it was nobody cares i mean i didn't care particularly about their their other releases so i think it's just interesting what i'm what i'm trying to say is uh, the first record it's a more it's more lived in in a way and the second one usually either it's rushed or it has like scrapes from the first album it, 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 of course it, it I, I can come up with a million examples of things that don't go that way like system of a down doesn't go that way you have famously the second album from black country new road it's just fantastic you know you have a bunch of non radiohead it's it varies but you do have that in rock and roll you you do have that oh some 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 band came up with a really great debut and the second one oh it wasn't so so great usually they fall from grace after that right because they, they usually is attached to the power of novelty that an album can have <clears throat> so there is somewhat of a reflection here although i think the part in the sea between brightness and me it's one of their best albums i, I really enjoy the like that that the second album those is survived by and and brightness it, they are almost the same project in a way they are very similar uh with the slight maturation in terms of lyrical contact contact uh content that's the way that i'm that's the word that i'm trying to use lyrical contact um content because of the all the reasons that i just ran through so this episode is one of those rambling ones huh? so in any way if you like post hardcore if you like hardcore if you like emo you have a handful here no you have a mouthful here you know you have a really good time listening to this uh it is a really good album um along with la dispute and along with uh hotelier also i believe that those three bands are probably one of the three best bands of hardcore from 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 this renaissance wave that it happened in the early 2000s mid 2000s early 2000s of especially emo uh, but i wouldn't say to shimmery emo necessarily it doesn't have that high and low type of thing you know it's not really emo it sits between mm, not even metalcore i don't know it's hardcore it's a hardcore album to shimmer is a hardcore band so that's it i think that's it there's not much to be said um other than it's a it's a good album it delivers you know I'm not really sure about their latest ones, like Stage 4 and the one that they released recently, uh, Lament, yeah, because they seem to be a very, uh, a much longer, I don't know exactly how they go about changing their sound with those records. I need to listen to it, because they are good and elegant albums, I'm sure. 
you know, really good examples of uh, of how to to do hardcore, especially in the modern era, you know, with all the the changes the changes that the the music went through, because everything has to be plural, right? It's very hard to to do like a like a straight up. You can't have like a of course that you can't right you, and you have like pure metal albums like but things have to have a duality to them for the most part i think i think that's kind of a you know you can't have like a straightforward hardcore record you have to have an overarching theme to it and it has to be enveloped in some kind of you know diversity in terms of sound right and diversity type of thing so it has to have some some other elements although as far as uh, straightforward hardcore goes i think Toshiyama is one of the very very um very good ones like very pure pure one you know it's a very pure release there uh, they have a very solid discography. Uh, of course, things would would have different sides to it and different different uh, different sets of ideas and ways to look at it. You know, I, I don't think that makes much sense. I think I don't think it makes sense. Uh, yeah, it depends. I don't know, but it, it used to be easier, you know, to have a more straightforward emo record. So you have to be emo, but you also have to have some elements of electronics, you know? Or you have to have like a, a skit or a track that it's more to the folk side of things. It's an acoustic track, you know? Back in the day, uh, things were more like a dream pop album was a dream pop album. It didn't have to have distortion. in it. Also, borders were more classified, right? Nowadays, it's just... Uh, because everything is so accessible, right, in terms of production. Um, a hardcore album m might have some inclination towards, like, classic, like, erudite music, you know, and have some string attached to it or something like that, you know. Or maybe go towards more a metal idea, like the My Chemical Romance latest track. Like, a emo band, they sound metalcore in their latest uh, single right so that, stuff like that uh, you have to have an introduction of with the with the guitars and and having the whole sparse thing happening and uh, the highs and lows and all that but at the end of the day it's just that's what I'm trying to say you know some sometimes sometimes uh, things can get shoehorn in you know in a in a in a in a composition style. And I think that's more 2016 onwards. I think that started to happen. Because you have like straightforward hardcore albums and metal, metal albums before that. That focus more on the lyrical content. Being like, why am I I'm having a lot of trouble saying content? Lyrical content um, being more dense and being more specific and being more confessional like it it's interesting Amore, you know that type of thing I think is interesting because you have like um, 
I don't know if you grab any like good composer like Leonard Cohen or even you know Nick Cave, you name it, and you put their style of songwriting in a hardcore setting, even though Nick Cave actually did that with Grind Man and all that. No, hardcore, more, more like, a, like a blues punk, post punk, whatever. So you have density to it. Doesn't it necessary to be in the sound or the specific influences that an album might have? It can be on the lyrical content as well, uh, how to bring people over as an interesting. Uh, again, Black Country New Road does that. You know, to the, to the nth degree, because it's, it's all in the lyrical, uh, it's all in the things that the guy writes about and the the images that he's able to find, and being a great, you know, vocalist as well, and and having that seasoning personality. Um, I was very sad to, uh, I was very saddened by the news that he that he left the band uh, for personal reasons or or stuff like that. It's not easy. It's not hard to to see why the guy might have personal issues. You know, giving his lyrics, it's pretty telling that there's something going on there. Uh, it's it's kind of that in a way, and it's interesting because I'm, I'm speaking about Black Country Road now. I don't know why, but uh, it's interesting that their influences are the influences that were influenced by whatever this particular record here by Toshi Amore is influenced by. So they are influenced by Slint, they are influenced by post-rock, like Talk Talk era, post-rock post Talk Talk era. Uh, they are influenced by, you know, many of jazz and chamber music and because and they use a lot of uh, violins and, and, and horns and all that. And uh, they are influenced by Nick Cave also, you know, even Brazilian things. I've I've, I've seen them uh, playlist with Brazilian things like very like Bjork and you know it's 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 really interesting. Black Country Road is a very interesting band. I love them. Okay. 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 Let's wrap it up. Wow, that was a brilliant intro microphone, huh? sorry. Let's wrap it up. Like this episode is short, like the album itself is short. And God bless you all. Thanks for listening. This was a pleasure, even though all over the place episode. But Toshi Amore, it survived by interesting, very gloomy, very confessional and Really straightforward, hardcore endeavor. Hopefully you can get something out of it. Okay? Bless you. Bye.